This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled to date to visit with Alan Condon, Editor-in-Chief of Becker's Healthcare, and just brilliant at following what's going on in the finance side of healthcare as well. Alan visits with us regularly and talks to us about a few of the key stories he's watching closely. Alan, I'm going to tee it up and let you hit it, let you take it away. What are a couple of the key stories that you're watching currently? Yeah, thanks so much for the setup, Scott. So, big, big week, it seems, and a lot of big news today to focus on, but I'm going to narrow it down to two or three little stories. Um, first one, and the biggest story today, would be that CMS has finalized a rule to streamline the prior authorization process and improve the electronic exchange of health information. So, this is a proposed rule from a few months back. It's finalized and cemented now. So a big, big move from both administrative burden standpoint and also a cost-saving standpoint. CMS estimates that over the next 10 years with some of these changes that the final rule will save it about $15 billion overall. So a few couple of key points from this final rule is that beginning in 2026, certain payers must include a specific reason when denying um, service requests. Um, They must also publicly report certain prior authorization metrics and send decisions within 72 hours for urgent requests and seven calendar days for standard requests. So I think the the increased transparency provisions, which obviously require health plans to provide these clarity on the reasoning behind their care denials and also publicly report some of that those aggregated metrics about their prior authorization programs. The main reason and goal is that it'll help shine more of a light on the potential overuse of prior authorization by certain payers. So as no secret to you or I that I think prior authorization consistently ranks as the most burdensome regulatory issue facing providers. So the final rule has initially been met with really strong praise by hospitals and provider groups across the board. Thank you very much. And people, I think, on the provider side view this as long overdue, I think. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. And I think just um, from some early comments we've heard from the Medical Group Management Association, some orthopedic groups, et cetera, they're really, really uh, long overdue, as you said, but I think a big, big step in the right direction as far as those providers are concerned. Thank you. And so besides pre-auth issues, which has just been an arms race between peers and providers, what else are you watching closely as we get the year started? Yeah, so I think today is, as I said, big, big day today. I think there was a ton of news across the board, but one really big news that we saw was that um, 13 large health systems across the country have partnered with multiple public schools in what's essentially a $250 million initiative um, funded by Bloomberg Philanthropy, so of Mike Bloomberg. So. The goal of this program is to graduate students directly into some of these high demand healthcare jobs. So the partnerships really offer a new sort of solution to address the workforce deficit that we're seeing in healthcare. Currently about 2 million jobs that are vacant across America in the healthcare sector. So essentially in the program, schools will collectively serve almost 6,000 students at full capacity 
students will have access to kind of a specialized healthcare curriculum, um, including work-based learning and these partner health systems, and obviously the opportunity to earn healthcare credentials and certifications, which will serve them well um, in their future healthcare careers. So curriculum of those big, big health systems, I'm not going to name them all, but they include Mass General Brigham in Boston, uh, Northwell Health in New York, Atrium Health in Charlotte, North Carolina, Baylor Scott and White Health down in Dallas, HCA Healthcare is a for-profit health system also, also involved, Vanderbilt, Ascension, all combining in the Nashville, Tennessee area. So uh, really, really important and important initiative that just broke this morning and be really interesting to follow up over the next few months and years to see how this really health systems and these public schools can come together to really address the, uh, the, the workforce deficit in the healthcare space. A huge long-term challenge that's only going to get a lot worse if not addressed quickly. And such on top of it, a shortage of a different subject with such a huge shortage of residency spots in the country as well. The population ages and grows, and the number of physicians and caregivers is, and providers is relatively flat. What, what, a, what a real challenge that is. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, um, you know, re really interesting, in it, first of its kind, really initiative as well, um, with all of those big, big, reputable, large health systems coming together. So, um, like you said, it's a big challenge in terms of that long-term, big long-term challenge facing a lot of these health systems. So, great to see them all kind of come together to, to see how they can tackle it from a collaborative standpoint. One last kind of story I wanted to touch on, Scott, was... Um, we reported a lot, of, I think, over the last few months and years, unfortunately, had layoffs at a lot of health systems. I think we haven't reported too much on furloughs until really the, the first couple of months of the pandemic. But um, we just reported this week that Marshfield Clinic in Wisconsin, we touched on them last week in response to um, a proposed merger that they cancelled with Essentia Health. So unfortunately, they, they just announced that they're furloughing about 3% of its workforce. Um, which equates to about 360 employees or so um, in a move that will hopefully help hit its financial turnaround goals. Um, most of those positions are not in patient-facing departments, but they do include some leadership roles. Marshfield Clinic, again, is an 11 hospital system in the Wisconsin and Michigan's Upper, upper Peninsula area, um, about 12,000 employees. But obviously, I think the important thing to note is that this news of the furloughs comes about two weeks after Marshfield and Essentia Health in Minnesota called off their proposed plan to merge into what would have been a 25 hospital system. So um, I think it's fair to say maybe these furloughs would, would potentially have been called off and not, not having to be put in place had that merger been moved forward. But um, be interesting to follow up and see if they can um, push forward with this furlough, hopefully get those employees back in place and really help hit its financial goals uh, in, in the coming months. Yeah, you know, and anything else that's top of mind currently that you're thinking about, we're starting to see some layoffs, some furloughs. We reported on a lot of them last year. People tried to trim, trim sort of their middle ranks of people, it seems like, to try and get profits and losses back under control. Also strip, trim contract nursing. Anything else you're watching closely that, that we should keep an eye on? Yeah, I think that's the big news today. I think uh, it kind of touched on a few different stories and a few different areas. Well, hopefully, as we've seen from recent financial reports, from the ratings agencies, we're starting to see a little bit of a turn in the corner there, continue to monitor that from a hospital and health system financial standpoint. But the big, big news, obviously, in relation to that prior authorization, prior authorization rule, long overdue, as you expected, but um, no doubt providers across the country will, 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 will be warmly receiving and welcoming that move. So interesting to see what happens over the next few months and years.
you, Alan, as always, great to visit with you on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Amazing uh, thinker and leader. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Scott. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.